Welcome to Living Love, the radio broadcast ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Benton, Illinois. Our desire is to live love to God, to others, and the nations. We hope this week's broadcast will bless and encourage you. Now, let's dive into God's Word and see how we can live love today. We've been in the book of Mark, and we're actually going to get back into Mark next week as we continue to talk about God on the move. And and we're actually going to do that for one week, and then on January 22nd, we're going to hit the pause button real quick, and we are going to talk about Sanctity of Life Sunday. God is for life we are for life. And um, we're going we're gonna to focus our attention on how we can, how we can support life initiatives. But also we're going to talk about a redeeming and a grace-filled God who can save anyone. And what a great and gracious God he is. And then we're going to jump back into Mark and we're going to be there for quite a while as we move toward Going from celebrating Christ's arrival to celebrating Christ's defeat over the grave. And God is a good God. When we start a new year, and I realized last Sunday was our first Sunday of the new year, but as we start a new year, a lot of times it's easy to talk about the, the beginnings and the endings that kind of naturally find their way in those conversations. But if we're to be honest with one another, there's really not a big difference between December 31st and January 1st. It's just a new day. And it's a new day that God gives us. And, and yes, it's an opportunity to talk about newness, but in all reality, it's just a, it's a new day, but it's just another day. It's, it's the next day as we continue to move our way along. And so as we in some ways start out a new year, but really as we continue to just serve the Lord, what I want to do this morning, instead of focusing on maybe resolutions or even something new, I want to talk about renewal. Renewal. Now, when we look at the word renewal, it can mean a couple different things. One thing it can mean is resuming an activity after an interruption, when we renew something. But it can also mean um, extending the period of validity, like when you renew a contract. The contract has been going and you just renew that contract, which means nothing changes. It just continues to move on. Some words that we associate with renewal are words like refresh and rejuvenate. And really, when we look at the Bible, the Bible is filled with opportunities for renewal. Oftentimes, discussing the renewal or renewing our relationship with and our covenant that we have with the Lord. And one that I want to focus our attention on this morning is found in Joshua 24. So if you have a Bible, and I hope that you do, turn with me to Joshua chapter 24. We're going to pick up in verse number 14, but let me kind of set the scene for us as we talk about renewal. Joshua had been leading the nation of Israel And he did so after Israel had been led by Moses coming out of Egypt and what was supposed to be them going into the promised land, but because of Israel's sin and Israel's unwillingness to follow God and live out the plan that God had for Israel, um, 
Israel had to stay in the wilderness way longer than originally anticipated. 40 years longer. An entire generation had to die off because of their sinfulness, because of their unwillingness to do things the way that God had done, had, had, had intended for them to live out their existence. They were led by Moses, but Moses, even in an instance of anger and really being put out with the nation of Israel, he stood in the place of God, and God did not let him go into the promised land either. Actually, there were some conversations that took place between Moses and God where Moses was like, please just let me go. And God said, I'm done talking about it. <laughs> and Moses obliged. But God did take Moses up onto a hill to where he could see into the promised land. And it's at that time that Moses died. And the Bible says that God buried Moses. What a funeral. Really, when the moment that Moses' eyes were shut, I believe he was able to look upon the face of the Lord. And God raised up another leader, a leader that was faithful, a leader that was humble, a leader that was willing to stand um, for truth when the assembly was not willing to stand for truth. And Joshua began leading well before he was the leader. He led the army of Israel. He was one of Moses' go-to guys. And Joshua led Israel into the promised land. He led Israel to serve him. And, and Joshua's coming near the end of his life, and he wants to address the people of Israel. And in verse number one, it says that Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem. Shechem's an interesting place because it's a place of significance. It's where Abram first went when he and Sarah entered into Canaan, and he had a conversation with the Lord. It's where Jacob spent some time there and built a well in Shechem. Shechem was one of the cities of refuge. It was also a place where announcements were made. An announcement, a big announcement was about to be made. As Joshua gathers the people of Israel together. This morning I want us to look at this question, how can we renew our commitment to God? How do we renew our commitment to God? If you're following after Jesus, it's good to renew that, to, to, to state that on occasion. God, I'm continuing to serve you. And as Joshua gathers everyone together, he begins to remind them of what God had done, how he had raised up Moses, how he had brought them out of Egypt. He reminded them of the plagues that were um, that, that swept over Egypt to the point to where Pharaoh said, just go. He reminded the nation of Israel through the word of the Lord that as they came to the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was coming after them, that God delivered Israel. He reminded them time and time again that while the world was against them, God was for them. And then we come across these words Joshua says, now therefore, verse 14, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. How can we renew our commitment to God? Well, the first thing that Joshua says is, now therefore, fear the Lord. 
fear the Lord. Now, I, I want to be careful when we talk about fear that I'm not talking about being afraid of the Lord. Afraid of the Lord as if God is trying to destroy you. As if God is out to get you. I do not believe that God is a God who stands up in heaven with his arms crossed looking for an opportunity to destroy and to smite. I don't think that's how God works. God possesses that ability. God is willing to go there. God is willing to destroy. God is willing to wipe out. God is willing to do a hard restart, which he did with Noah. But that is not what drives him God is not looking to destroy. So I, I don't want you to walk away this morning thinking that Joshua is saying you need to be afraid of God. No, when he says fear the Lord, he is talking about having a reverence for the sovereignty and the holiness of God. God is holy. He alone is set apart. He is in a category all by himself and he deserves our reverence. Yes, he has earned it, but he does not need to continue to earn it. It is his. And if we are to follow after God as we renew our commitment to the Lord, it begins with a healthy fear of God. Because really, as you continue to dive into who he is, as you continue to know who God is, the more you know about God, the more in awe of him you will be. For he is great. He is grand. He is holy. He is huge. The things of God, the person of God is not to be understood. We can't wrap our arms and our minds all the way around him. You could pursue God your entire life here on earth and you will but scratch the surface of knowing who he is. For he is in a category by himself. And as you find yourself in awe of his, holy, of his holiness, you should be mesmerized, you should be blown away every time you are in the presence of the Lord. When we see people encounter God in those spectacular ways in the Bible, they never approach him flippantly. People do not approach God haphazardly. No, they do so with reverence, oftentimes on their face. And God expects that. God demands that. God wants that because he wants us to understand that he is not like us. He is God. Fear the Lord. As we renew our commitment to God this year, it begins with a healthy fear of the Lord. But it doesn't just stop there. He says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. You see, church, when it comes to following after God, it's, just not a, it's, it's not just about knowing who he is. It's not some kind of intellectual exercise. No, following after God requires action. It requires us to move. There's no such thing as consumer Christianity. The church is not here for you. You are here for the church. 
You have been called to serve the Lord. And you cannot be a follower of God and not serve him. Now, please understand, I'm not, I'm not jumping on anybody this morning. I'm not, I'm not here to ride anybody's case. But I'm also here to also, but I also want to make sure that you understand and everybody understands. When I say to serve the Lord, it's to serve the Lord in the way that he is calling you to serve him, not in, way, not in the way other people are telling you to serve him. And there's a couple ways in which it's, that serving God should look like. One thing it says, to serve the Lord in sincerity, not out of obligation. See, when we serve God sincerely, we're, we're, we're living a life that is authentic. We're, we're serving him out of a realness and not out of something fake. See, God doesn't have some kind of tally board that he keeps track of when you're serving him so that you can be a better follower of him. That's, 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 not, that's not what he's looking for because he's going to know your heart. He's going to know if you're just trying to concoct or create some kind of better relationship with him. You can't fool God. He's going to know if you're, if you're serving him out of obligation. And I don't know about you, but there have been times where I've served the Lord out of obligation, and there is nothing joyful in that. It's not fun to serve the Lord out of obligation. But if we have been saved and transformed by the grace of God, if we have been set free by King Jesus, church, it is a joy to serve the Lord. We serve the Lord in sincerity, but we also serve the Lord in faithfulness. Please hear me. When I say in faithfulness, I didn't say in frequency. See, it goes back to the obligation versus sincerity. If people think that serving the Lord is about frequency and not faithfulness, all of a sudden it's out of their own power. It's out of their own heart that they're serving the Lord, not out of what he has done in you. No, he is wanting you to be a faithful servant of his. He wants your consistency. And if we're being honest, how much of you does God want? He wants all of you. God is faithful. God wants you to be faithful. How do we renew our commitment to the Lord? First, we fear him. Second, we serve him. And then, knowing the heart of the people of Israel, as Joshua is speaking to them, he says, listen, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. See, it's not just about fearing the Lord and serving him. It's not just about knowing who God is and having it put into action. Please know this. If we are to renew our commitment to God, we are to put away the gods of our past and to serve him and him alone. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There is but one true God, but there are a host of other little gods. The world is full of little g-gods, and, and as, as, as Joshua's talking to the nation of Israel, he knows of all the times that they have not served the one true God. 
Look at verse number two of chapter 24. As Joshua starts to talk to the people, he says this, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates. Terah, the father of Abram and of Nahor, and they served other gods. But then God started to move in the life of Abraham as he served the Lord. But Israel was prone to walk away from God and to serve other gods. Israel was prone to have their eyes open and looking at the people that are around them and seeing what other people were serving, and they decided to jump on those bandwagons. They were jumping on those trains and serving those gods instead of serving the one true God. And as Joshua is talking to the nation of Israel, as his life is coming to an end, he says, listen, fear the Lord, serve him, and put away the gods of your past. Put away the gods that your fathers served. You must serve the Lord. And church, if we are going to be a faithful people, if we are going to renew our commitment to God, we must do what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, where he, in speaking to the people that are around them, says, listen, you cannot serve two masters. You can only serve one. And God is not willing to share. God's not going to share us with other people. He's not going to share us with other gods. God wants all of us. God wants everything that we have to offer him. He wants my life. He wants my service. He wants my heart. He wants my mind. He wants everything. And church, I'm here to tell you this morning, not only does he want everything, he deserves everything. He has earned everything. And that is part of my worship. To offer my body as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. He deserves it all. And if I am to serve him faithfully, if I am to renew my commitment to the Lord, I must put aside the things of my past that have captured my heart and have captured my attention over God. I'm not saying you can't do other things than just pray and read the Bible. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you have to examine your heart and say, God, what captures my heart over you? God, what in my life is more important to me than you? And there are things that are so good for us to do that can be so detrimental to our relationship with the Lord. And I'm not saying to get rid of those things. I'm saying to prioritize those things. Things like your family. It's important that your family is important, but your family can't be more important than God. It's important, your your job can be important. Your job can be your opportunity to engage and, 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 and find yourself around a world in which people need to, need to have you in their lives, but it's not more important than God. It's okay to have extracurricular activities and things that you enjoy doing that, that bring you enjoyment and happiness, but those things aren't more important than God. And if those things become more important than God, you need to reorient those things. And some of those things you might need to put away. Now, you never get to put away your family in order to serve the Lord. That would go against God's word. But if your job is so consumptive, it might be it's time for a new job. If your hobbies are, are keeping you from serving the Lord, it might mean you need to drop a hobby. 
Put away the gods of your past and serve the Lord. Because this, this is what Joshua knew. Joshua knew what he was about to say to the people of Israel was going to be a challenge that they were going to quickly jump at something. Because it's so easy to say something much different to live it out, right? I mean, words are easy. But put your, put your money where your mouth is. Remember when Jesus was talking to the, the lame man that's there on the floor and he just looks at him and says, hey, your sins are forgiven. And the people are like, what are you doing? You can't say somebody's sins are forgiven. But he's like, listen, those were easy words. Fine, if you want something that you can see, hey, dude, get up and walk. The guy got up and walked. Which all of a sudden, he brought credence to the words that he said. His words were true when he said, get up and walk. Guess what? His words were also true when he said, your sins are forgiven. You can say something, but something entirely different to actually live it out. And Joshua was about to challenge the people of Israel. And he was wanting to make sure that, that the words that he figured they were about to say, that they knew what they were getting themselves into. Talk is cheap. Are they actually going to fear the Lord and serve him while putting away the gods of their past? Because this is what Joshua says in verse number 15. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day who you're going to serve. Listen, if you think that serving God is evil, then don't serve him. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you will dwell. If you don't want to serve the Lord, you're going to have to serve somebody. But then Joshua says these words. Just know this, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua put it before him, though. In, in church, when it comes to renewing our commitment to the Lord, I'm putting it in front of you. You have to make the choice. Are you going to serve God or are you not? That, that's the choice that's in front of you. Are you going to serve the Lord? Joshua says, listen, choose this day whom you're going to serve. If you think serving God is evil, don't serve him. Serve the gods of your past. Serve the gods of your fathers. Serve the gods of the Amorites. But Joshua had just reminded them of the God that he was choosing to serve. He was the God that could bring the plagues. He was the God that could part the Red Sea. He was the God that could provide manna in the desert. He was the God that could have water come out of the rock. He was the God that could have them cross into the promised land. He was the God that could make the walls of Jericho come down. He was the God that could make the, that the, make the sun stand still in the sky. He is the God we're serving. And Joshua says, that's the God I'm going to serve. But you have a choice to make. And church, I'm here to tell you this morning, I choose to serve the Lord. But choose this day who you will serve. You see, this isn't a choice that someone else can make for you. You can't have someone else choose for you to serve the Lord. You've got to make that decision for yourself. Mom and dad, your job when raising those kiddos is not to manipulate a decision out of your kids so they can get in that baptistry. Your job as a parent is to 
tell them about the truthfulness and the goodness and the greatness of God. It is to put that decision in front of them, but let them make that decision because that is their decision to make. Because the heartbreak is the kid that is manipulated into those waters that gets down the road one day and says, that's not what I wanted to do. That's just what mom and dad wanted me to do. Young person, it's your decision to serve the Lord. It's not your parents. Choose this day who you're going to serve. You make the decision. Is it important for kids to be in church? Absolutely. But guess what, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa? It's just as important for you to be in church. To serve the Lord. But also know this, you being in church doesn't save you. Because there will be many people that stand before the Lord who say, but God, look at all the great things I did for you. Look at all the great things I did in your name. And the most devastating words anyone will ever hear in all eternity will be these words. Depart from me. I never knew you. Make your decision. How do we renew our commitment to God? We fear the Lord. We serve him. We put away the gods of our past. We make that decision to follow after him. And so I think here's just a couple things when it comes to our response to this renewal opportunity this morning. And for one group of people, it begins with this. If you have never started following after Jesus, today is the day you can start following after Jesus. Today can be the day of salvation. Today can be the day not of renewal, but newness. A new life. See, the life that you're living, it can go away. And a new day can come. If there's never been a time in your life where you have recognized your sinfulness, you've, you've confessed your sin before the Lord and asked God to save you, today can be the day of new life for you. And for some people, that response is right in front of you. And there's not some kind of magical thing you need to do. It's not like you need to hop, skip, and jump down the aisle. If you do, that's fine. No one will make fun of you. If they do, we'll go visit them during the week and tell them to quit. Some of you, it might just be, I mean, you just be sitting right there and ask Jesus to save you right now. Isn't that crazy? Did you know you can get saved outside of the church? Most people, most people do. But if you're not following after Jesus, that's your choice before you today, to follow him. But for some people in this room, you need to resume your activity when it comes to following the Lord. Maybe you've been going through the motions. Maybe you've been checking off a block. See, we're here for one hour, maybe two or three on Sunday mornings. There are 168 hours during the week in which God wants us to serve him. Some of you might need to come back when it comes to serving him, to renew the fear of the Lord, to serve him, and to make him your all in all. But I believe there's a, a large group of people here this morning where you have been serving God faithfully, and you need to be encouraged to continue to serve God faithfully. It can be exhausting sometimes living in a world as we serve the Lord. And the reason why it's exhausting is because this place is not our home. This is but a stopping point. 
for the day will come where Christ will return. Or the day will come where your heart quits beating. Those are kind of the two choices we have in front of us. Isn't that encouraging? But when either one of those happens, whether it be Jesus returning or your heart quitting, if you're a follower of Jesus, at that time you will be present with the one true God. And what a glorious day that'll be. How are you going to respond today? Is today the day of salvation for you? If it is, I'd love to talk to you. Is today about getting back into your rhythm of following Jesus? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty easy journey back. Heard someone say once, you can take a thousand steps away from Jesus, but it only takes one to get back. I believe that. There might be some growing pains involved there, but he always wants you to come back. But for some of you, it's just re, it's, it's re-upping your contract with God. God, I'm continuing to serve you. Will you make your choice this morning? Will you serve the Lord? Thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast of Living Love. If this message has impacted you in any way, please let us know. If you would like to contact us, find out more about our church, or if you'd like to support our mission, visit ibcbenton.com. That's ibcbenton.com. Or give us a call at 618-439-3513. That's 618-439-3513.